Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening is Jeremy Smith. The window is now behind us and European football is now gently coming up on the horizon. Everything is now hotting up to what will be what matters on the field now that take focus from now until the end of the season. But before we preview another heavy hitting weekend of French football, here are the latest headlines. On Tuesday evening, Marseille were in Ligue 1 action as they, uh, as an empty velodrome bore witness to a 1-0 win against Bordeaux. Boubacar Kamara's grab, uh, grabbed his first league goal to earn victory as Samuel Kalu saw red for the away side early on. Elsewhere on that day, there was Coupe de France action as um, Dijon, Orléans and Nantes all advanced, while... Cole needed penalties to overcome Bastia on the same evening. On Wednesday, a slightly hungover, it seemed, Paris Saint-Germain required extra time to claim a 3-0 win away to Villefranche-Belgeois. Um, Vitra knocked out Lyon Le Duchier in a lower league clash, while Rennes went behind to 10-man Lille, but came back to win 2-1. Thursday, had, well, this evening, in fact, has seen Lyon, go through to the next round with a 2-1 victory. Goals from Moussa Dembele and Maxwell Corne and then passage to the next round, while Alexander Mendy's um, sort of rebuttal in the 18th minute was not enough for the bottom league side. And that's all for now. But for all the latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. We start this evening by diving straight into the previews and we've got five games for you this evening and full of sides that were in cup action and league action as well. And we'll start with the game on Saturday between Paris and Bordeaux. And it's been a pretty funny week, really, for PSG. Probably the strangest one they've had this season, Jez. Obviously, they lost at the weekend, as we discussed on the main show, to Lyon, their first loss in the Liga this season. And then even a relatively decent side couldn't really put away um, Villefranche Beaujolais in, in normal time, which seems very strange for a PSG side that are usually very professional in these um, cup competitions, you would say. Is there a little bit of uh, naivety creeping into this side after you would think you'd see a reaction from that result of the weekend? But instead, we got a pretty <laughs> pretty tame one. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, th- I think it's hard to, in terms of talking of reaction, it's, in a way, it's hard to compare the two matches just because two different competitions, two very different kinds of opposition and, uh, for the most part, two, two different teams that lined up for PSG. But I, I don't know if it's the sort of spectre of the, of the big match against Man United looming large, but it just seems that the, the club as a whole at the moment are a little bit distracted and sort of focusing on anything but the football on the pitch. Um, so we sort of had the, the, the transfer window and, and all the all the stuff about the, you know, w- will they or won't they bring midfielders in? And now that that's happened and it didn't go as well as they they thought it was going to, will Rabio come in? And there's been the Neymar and Verratti injuries, and this week, um, you know, quite a lot of talk about um, Neymar's party and whether a couple of injured pe- players, including Neymar himself, should be seen to be publicly partying so hard. There's been all the stuff about. Um, 
you know, whether or not PSG have been victims of rough treatment and whether the referees are giving them enough protection. Um, it's, it's something that Tuchel's got quite worked up about the last two or three matches to the extent that he was he was sent off um, during the Villefranche match. So I don't know if it's nerves as, as Man United approach, but it just feels that the club as a whole, in a way, has kind of taken, taken their eye off the ball. I think that's quite a concise way of really putting it, to be honest. It, it seems like that ever since, really, they've come back from the winter break. I mean, they were pretty positive that they kept on getting results, but the the nonsense in the transfer window from, you know, Frank de Jong sort of slipping through their grasp to um, people like uh, Uli Hoeneß saying how sort of embarrassing it is to have uh, Henrique in, in charge of transfer deals. And if PSG wanted to move forward, they, they maybe need someone else. And then the fact that the Paredes signing sort of went forever and Tuchel sort of even took a joke to it. it, it seems that that then distracted them once Neymar got injured as well and like you say the the, party, the red party as they might want to call it really everyone was was dressed in red for that evening sort of just continued to distract his teammates from Danny Alves performing live which um, I'm sure was a treat for everyone in attendance and uh, everyone else seeming to enjoy themselves but at the same time it all seems like they're taking a little bit of the eye off the ball we already know that Neymar's going to be missing the game. The, the big one as well is that they've still not got confirmation that Marco Verratti will be even close to being fit um, for that game. There's Omin and Arin on that stage and you may hope that because of the separation of the, the Champions League ties now that he might be able to make that March tie in the second leg, but it's increasingly unlikely that he might make that um, game on the 12th unless something dramatic happens. So you start to worry about where their stage of the season and they're coming up against a, a Bordeaux side that was the one that caused the first dropping points this season for them in that draw back in Bordeaux at the Matmoutal Antique. They've um, had a pretty poor result, though, um, at midweek. I, I, I watched that game, and I know you, you kept your eyes on it, Jez. It, it, while it was a strange one, wasn't it? I mean, I thought, first of all, that Samuel Kalou had slipped for the red card that was around 20 minutes. But obviously on, on further replays, you can kind of tell that he's just done a sort of, I don't think it's intentionally trying to hurt someone. I think it's more that he's just been a bit stupid more than anything. And um, has cleaned out the, the opponent and deservedly saw red. And after that, it was more of a training match and more thanks to Benoit Castile that it wasn't really, and well, Marseille's ineptitude of scoring as well, that um, it wasn't any more really, but it's kind of been a microcosm of Bordeaux season. They, have moments they've got an okay squad but they seem to drift between something okay to something pretty appalling and when you think the last three results in all competitions have been defeats including two to Strasbourg recently they're they're sort of drifting in this mid-table position at the moment aren't they yeah I I think you described it pretty well there they they seem close to embarking on something and I know in, mid- in midweek, I think it was Christophe Dugary who was saying that he quite likes the, the Bordeaux projects at the moment and what they're doing. Um, not, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what, what they are doing, really. Um, and it's exactly as you said, they've got some some good players, the kind of beginning of a good squad. Um, and every time it feels like they're starting to do something, you know, recently they, they picked up a couple of wins at the end of January, then, then they sort of go back into the doldrums. And the two Strasbourg matches, I think they were they were slightly unlucky. Um, first one going down to, to an injury time winner, and then um, three two three two in the in the semi final, which was a reasonable match. I don't think it helped that the 
the new American president, and I'm not sure how much he actually knows about football, but really publicly slated the players. But um, I didn't, you know, even in those two matches, I, I think there was sort of, um, I can't think of the phrase, green roots or whatever of, of, of recovery. And then the Marseille match was, yeah, it was awful. And it was, like, I mean, it's easy to say it was affected by, by the, by the sending off, but you still would have expected a better performance than that. And exactly as you said, if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for Costa, it would have been a, a lot a lot heavier. Um, you know, maybe it is something to do with Marseille playing better when they don't have all their fans on their back. But you still would have hoped that Bordeaux would put up more of a fight than that. And coming into <laughs> a visit to a visit to PSG, is it at PSG? It's, yes, this is at the part of the yeah. Bench, yeah. Um, no, but it's, it's not, it's not the ideal match and the ideal form to, to, to go into that match. And I guess that their only hope will be that PSG remain sort of distracted and maybe rest a few players with, with Man United coming up. Otherwise, it's, it's hard to see anything but a very comfortable PSG win. Yeah, and it doesn't help that they've got sort of murkiness on the back end of, the, of their end because they obviously have, uh, Ricardo Gomez is a sort of, quote unquote manager but that's kind of how it is with this sort of um with the uh with the qualifications he doesn't have to be officially manager so they technically have eric bedaway as their their head coach and they keep focusing in on him sometimes on on the tv screens and bits like that and it, it must be that weird strange mixed messaging that the players get seeing that uh, one coach is the sort of one that gives them the tactical brief but then one is the the name on the sheet it, it must not help aside that um, let some players go. But I'd like to. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Adley if when he does if and when he does play for for Bordeaux and see if he is the talent that's coming up. But very quickly on this one before we get our predictions, at least I do want to mention something else that's come off the pitch at least for PSG. And I know you like your um, shady dealing sometimes, Jez. That um, obviously the PSG boss Nasser El Halifi has been elected to UEFA Executive Committee with DFB support, which is the German. FA. Um, it's concerning given not just his role at PSG, but we we are led to believe that he's going to stand down from his role with being sports, who obviously have an invested interest in the Champions League, given that they have the rights for it in several different uh, territories. Uh, it seems like a slightly strange move that for, I don't I don't think that there's any. I don't want to discredit him himself, but it does seem a little strange and, and questionable, doesn't it? He seems to have his fingers in a, in a lot of pies, <laughs> and yeah, it, it, I'm not saying that there's anything dodgy happening, but it does feel like there's a, a clear conflict of interest, and with all the FFP stuff going on and um, rumours, or I don't know what the right phrase is about PSG and Man City, and whether whether they're getting away with things that other teams aren't getting away with, and then. It, the news came out this evening, or there was a report that Marseille could be. I'm not. I I, I sent a flipping tweet, suggesting they saying, is it a coincidence that Alcalaf came in and then Marseille threatened with punishment for for breaching FFP? I don't. <laughs> obviously, I don't think there's any connection there at all. But um, you know, if if PSG appear to be getting away with with flouting FFP, yet clubs who are much much poorer are getting punished you know that that's the way life is and that's certainly the way football is 
But with El Khalifi on the executive committee, it's kind of asking for trouble and it's asking for for well questions to be asked and not necessarily answered. And I don't I don't think it's a particularly good look. Uh, you know, he hasn't done anything wrong. He's as you said, he's been supported, he's been ratified, and he's he's joining. He's there to represent European clubs, and he's he's joining the president of Juventus. So it's clearly something that's in place and happened before, but. It does feel that there's these sort of Qatari tentacles kind of spreading very widely across across football, and yeah, it doesn't sit comfortably. On the other hand, I suppose from a league point of view, maybe it's a good thing to have stronger league kind of representation higher up. I don't know, but yeah, it's it, it all feels a little bit sinister. <laughs> Yeah, it feels almost Bond-esque, doesn't it? I know. Yeah. I think the fact that there is sort of a Juvent, the Juventus president in situ, then it, it makes a little bit more sense. But I don't think any way you look at it, when the rule makers are also the people playing the game, it, it feels a little bit funny regardless. I don't think either of those should really be... Um, no, exactly. It feels like it should be completely separate. Yeah, exactly. And like you say, Al-Halife loves having a... A little bit of a, a linking every pie. At least let's get your predictions then, Jez. What's your prediction on this one? Um, I think it should be a comfortable PSG win and then maybe they'll take their foot off the pedal so I'll go 2-0 Yeah, it feels like that one doesn't it especially when if, if they get into a comfortable lead you, it feels like they'll bring a couple of players off and, and make sure they're nice and well rested for the for the big game on Tuesday so I, I think I'll go for 2-1 maybe Bordeaux sneak one back when they're sort of making the switch but it still feels like PSG I've got, I've got a command even though the last couple of games have been a little bit strange. Uh, on to matters at the other end of the table now and a big six-pointer between Amiens and Con. And starting with the away side, really, they were a little bit unfortunate, really, because they obviously didn't get the game going on uh, the 23rd because of matters outside of their hands. Their game against uh, Nantes was sort of suspended <laughs> while Nantes played in the Coupe de France after other situations with the Emiliano Sala deal and, and such and and that's why they'll be playing um, actually in the week of the Champions League um, hosting that game but that does put them in a bit of a conundrum because they are have got a game in hand but this is a massive one for them but much like we've said about Caen a number of times in the last couple of years really they get to this situation where they and maybe two three points in this m- moment literally um, equal on points with Monaco and Amiens and they get a result that pulls them just enough away. Does this feel like one of those games where it will turn up, Amion maybe um, feel like this is a chance for them to pull out, but in in fact, it'll be one of those results that finally pulls Com slightly away, but then um, just keeps them afloat and does the classic thing that they've been doing for the past couple of years? I think it could well do. I think, you know, it's it's a huge match for both teams. It's one of those ones in the, you know, if you're going to make a sort of mini league of, of what's going on at the bottom of the table and, and think that those those clubs are going to concentrate mainly on those matches and getting the points against their rivals, then it's kind of a must win for both teams. And um, yeah, in a, in a way, are kind of rested because um, they've had a match or two disrupted because of Chilejon and, and Nantes and everything. But then on the other hand, they played, they played in, in the cup in midweek and were taken to, to penalties. <laughs> so um, that could work either way for them, I suppose. Um, you know, certainly a, a trip to to Bastia and and getting out of it, and say alive. I mean, alive, sort of footballistically. Um, 
is you know it's quite a, a good battle hardened thing for them to do. Um, and you look at the team that they fielded against against um, Bastia, and it's it's still. I think I said the other day they're a little bit meh of a team, but there are quality players throughout. Um, we talked about Gilbert and what a good signing that was for Villa. Um, Base is sort of at the wrong end of his career now, but on his day is still good. I think Jiku is another of these very underrated league out players. And they have a little bit of flair in, in terms of players like but fight, I never know how to pronounce his name, but Faisal Fire in midfield. And then we said that the strikers they've got, that is where they're all, you know, they're all okay, but can you rely on any of them to, to score the goals? But the thing is that they're the kind of team that if they get their act together on any day, um, they should be a match for, for a few of the other teams in the league and certainly a team like Amiens. So, yeah, I think it's a huge match. And if, if Mercadal can really get them all sort of in the zone, um, then it could be a big win for them. Yeah, that's always the funny thing of having a um, front line of uh, French, well, Ligue 1 journeyman is maybe the best way of putting it, of Ninga, Bovu, Bamu and, and Crivelli, that you just know that because they have, at least in very short bursts, you might say, Bovu less so than the other ones, but have uh, uh, sort of scored goals in Liga. You just need a day where one of them's on song and grabs a couple of goals for you and, and, and wins you these kind of games, really, because they've been in pretty poor form, really. They lost the last three, but we've mentioned before how important their next sort of, well, February is for really, it's, this game obviously against Amiens is massive. It's a six pointer for them, but they've got that rescheduled game against Nantes, which is at home, and and uh, Lecanary have, have not really reinforced massively during the uh, winter break, and they weren't too great um, so far in January before. Uh, um, obviously, the most recent dis- uh, disturbances. They've got Strasbourg at home, which is not an easy tie. Toulouse at home uh, away, which is reasonable. Toulouse have been pretty poor this season, in all honesty. But then uh, March is PSG, Rennes, Saint-Étienne and Monaco. And if Monaco have picked up a couple of points by that point, that's going to be a horrible running, given that then they're starting to look out of time. And that's a similar scenario, really, for Amiens. We've said for a couple of weeks now that they've got really finally sort of got out of a bit of a gauntlet really starting January. They don't really picked up anything recently, lost their last five in a row in all competitions, but they've come against PSG, Lille, Lyon in the cup, Lyon and Ren. Um, it's been, it's been a terrible time for them really, unfortunately, how the fixture lay is, it has gone, but now they've got a little bit of respite. Uh, something in this one is absolutely crucial. And the positive they have is that while they've been struggling to score the goals against those big teams, They've not really been hammered by any of those games, really. So the fact that they're keeping themselves in games against these smaller teams that they've got coming up, they've got Caen, obviously, this weekend, Marseille, Nice coming up, but um, Rennes, uh, Ras, uh, Nîmes, uh, Angers and Bordeaux in March, which is a little bit of a softer schedule for them. It feels like with those games where they've been able to stay in touch, they weren't too bad against Rennes either. They had a couple of chances that it maybe feels like if they can, this is one of those kind of games with the, extra reinforcements they have in Eric Peters as well than they like that they might have enough to try and sneak this one yeah they, they could do as you said definitely in, in, in recent weeks they've sort of tightened up in defence they've been expensive overall but certainly not in the last month or two and yeah they, they were unlucky against Ren as you'd expect Ren had most of the play but it, I think it was only sort of 10 minutes 8 minutes before the end that, that they got the winner and 
previous match as well, Lyon again had all the possession, but weren't able to, to you know, struggle, struggle to break Amiens down. So, obviously, with all due respect, Caen's attack isn't as good as, as Lyon's or as good as Rennes has been this year. And um, if Amiens can keep it just as tight as they have done in the last couple of matches, then they should be confident of keeping a clean sheet. And then once you do that, obviously that it takes some of the onus off and you only need to, to sneak one goal to get a result. But I think that's that's also been a problem that they're not finding both the goals easy to come by either. Yeah, and it's just keeping people fit as well, isn't it? I mean, Musa Kanate's missed some time. It's still waiting for him to come back because he was a real spark in the second <coughs> half of last season. Uh, Saman Godosh has not quite hit the ground how we thought he might done coming from Östersund's uh, pretty highly rated, really, back in Sweden. That They thought he might be someone even bigger clubs were looking at, at least. Anyway, he's not quite been the, the spot they needed. And they've brought in Seiru Gurassi, who was a... Um, Cologne, um, who had a couple of decent moments uh, the weekend in his first game, and he had a couple of decent moments when I watched him back in Germany uh, last season, at least anyway, before their their relegation. It just feels like, again, very similar to Con, although they've got a slightly different style of attackers. If they can get Konate fit, that would be massive, but if they can just get someone else to get a bit of a spark going, it just feels like in a couple of games they could pick up a couple of results they can be going but in all honesty <laughs> they're looking at this game and before we go on out of predictions Jez it, it just feels like one of those games where really the loser of this one is going to be really hindered I mean they're both in poor form the other teams are slowly starting to pull away with Monaco starting to pick up you actually feel for both of them really so it's vital someone wins this who gets it um <laughs> to be honest, I'm, t- I'm tempted to go for a draw. And I was going to say 0-0. I'll be a bit more generous and say one all. But I th- it's going to be one of the... It's such a stereotype, but you feel like it's going to be one of those matches where it could be decided by a mistake rather than someone doing something special. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I built that up like Sky does it Super Sundays, doesn't it? I did a good <laughs> job there. If they do need any hiring, that's all the I'll do all the hype you need for it. But yeah, I, I completely agree, Jess. It's it's funny. This one is my head saying that Amion have been better in the last couple of weeks, even though they have been losing because of their defensive solidity, that they might just nick it 1-0. But my heart is saying that can't do this every single year to mm-hmm. us. And this is the kind of game that they nick a 2-0 win and just think, and then maybe they perform better in the next game as well. And you think, okay, they might just have enough to pull away. So I'm going for a 2-0 con with it. It's, it's a classic game for them to sneak it and carry on doing what they do, which is just nick a couple of points and stay above that dotted line, which is all well, that matters really for some teams. I know not every team would like that, but uh, I'm sure they'll be happy with the results. On to a team that's playing that are currently below them, but that may change by the time the fixture comes around. They're taking on, Monaco uh, is taking on, on Montpellier at the weekend. And it's been a funny January, really, for Montpellier. Jez, they, we were saying before um, in our half-term awards how good they've been, how good Delore and, and Laborde have done, and they, they connected brilliantly <laughs> for that goal in the derby against Nîmes at the weekend. But at the same time, they were really bad in the first half and they conceded and they probably should have been two or three behind, if not for Lecomte, and, and never really created anything other than the actual goal they scored. Um, and that has sort of been symptomatic of what they have been over January. They've not been quite as exciting. They've not been quite as solid. And maybe this is the classic Montpellier fall away at the second half of the season. 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, I think if I remember rightly, that's pretty much what they did last year. Certainly the second half wasn't as strong. And um, you can't put it all down to that, but you wonder if maybe the second half of the season, Hilton obviously is, is pretty old and Congress and the spring chicken, maybe it's kind of catching up with some of their older players. And I think we've also talked in the past about how Delore especially, maybe like boards as well, kind of not mood players, but um, I guess purple patch players. Um, but I mean, the, the defence is still staying strong and the fact that they, while not playing well, still you know, still somehow unbeaten in four, even if three of them were draws, kind of says a lot for how important it is to, to be solid at the back. Um, and because it's a local derby, it's always a little bit different. And Neem have been very good at times this year. So to come away from your local rival away from home um, with a draw isn't necessarily such a bad result, even if you, even if they did start, um, even if they, they are further ahead of them than in the table. Um, a solid enough win against Carl the previous match. So I think I don't think they should be too concerned with their with their form for the moment. It definitely has gone down a level or two, and um, they'll hope that they can pick it up. But it hasn't been well. Like I said, they're they're still difficult to beat, and everyone around them is still dropping points here and there. So I think they're still well in touch for, for the possibility of a European place. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think Delore and uh, Laborde following that classic. I think, I think you did it right. Of sort of hot patch players, I always call it the Wayne Rooney effect. Of they'll go on a five, six game goal scoring streak and then have ten off, and then six <laughs> on again where they look like world beaters again, and then they're ten games off. But yeah, it's it's been a f- it's been funny for them. I mean, like you say, they do still look solid. They obviously got um, clean sheets still against Wren and uh, Cole, and they've only conceded forward in the last five games which is still pretty solid but the result against Nolt was poor they were they drew against Dijon and that wasn't particularly great they were they didn't really create anything against Ren. it was sort of a free hit at home to Caen um in the in the midweek previously and then the game against Nîmes they just didn't quite click in the same way. I don't know if it's sometimes the midfield, like you say, the ages of the, the centre-backs. I don't think the full-backs have been a, as inventive as, as well and, and as creative and, and, and adding to that attacking play that they have. Um, it just feels like maybe they need to tighten the screws and, and against a, a Monaco side that might finally have that jump start that we've talked about previously, uh, Jez, it, it, obviously the win at the weekend was massive. It didn't come without its own pitfalls, but they just needed maybe a little bit of a boost of something going their way because there was a lot of games where they played well and lost. Finally, this was much more of those play okay and win and got the result they needed. And then heading to a Montpellier side that uh, in a little bit more of a funk, but the most important thing for Monaco at the moment is much like any team near the bottom of the table once you get that win is get keeping the momentum going and if there's anyone who's been good at getting winning streaks going it has been Jardim in the past is this a chance for them to start now turning the corner and and a victory here will put them sort of 16th and, and on the trail back to recovery it's, yeah it's definitely a chance um, I think that uh, <coughs> sorry they could, you know, they could have been an easier match to come off the of the previous one, but 
on paper, it's still a very, very strong team and should be nowhere near third from bottom. Um, and I think visiting the Moss Lines is not at all easy, but they could also have had a much harder match to follow up with. And I think, you know, I, I know it was their first home win, but still, a win at home to Toulouse isn't anything particularly special to write home about. It's how they how they kick on from that. And um, I think it's it's this kind of match. If they get a result from this match, that's that's where they could firstly they can really sort of have a big confidence boost, and also it will make a lot of other teams think you know Monaco are back. This isn't they're not going to be a walkover anymore. So I think it's an important match for them in in, in several different ways. Obviously points wise, but um, yeah, confidence wise and momentum wise as well. Mm, abs- I, I think you're absolutely right, Jason. Looking at their fixtures ahead, they're not really getting any easier either. If they're wanting momentum to go, not at home, Leon at home, it's it's not ideal. And then March does get a little bit softer before they face Lille and uh, before they face Paris Saint-Germain. They've got a couple of fixtures, including Gangomp as well. But it just felt like, I, I don't know, that game just felt like a turning of the tide kind of game. Not because Monaco just won a game. I, I think that's sort of a too simplistic way of looking at it really and that it's also not the fact that you know Toulouse were poor Monaco uh, did ride their luck as well but it felt like because of that luck that they just maybe their season's turning I thought Subasic was good and having him back in goal just gave them a bit more confidence even though he does have those moments where he, he sort of has what the English would call I suppose a brain fart really um, where, where he has those moments of madness but at the same time he does have really excellent games in him and I think the confidence he instilled in the players was was better. I, I thought that the midfield had a, a, a little bit more of a controlled sense about it and instantly what I like about it is what we'd worried about previously is the fact that they weren't really scoring enough or creating much especially sort of towards the end of December they had that run where in four games the last four games they only scored a goal against Lorient in the cup and that really wasn't ideal but I think the fact they got Golovin firing again now with a couple of goals in a couple of games uh, it's positive to see him get on top of things now under Jardim because from memory I I don't know if you you know this off by heart just but did did Golovin play under Jardim I think he was still injured before before he was sacked because I don't think Golovin had quite recovered before Jardim left maybe he's found the sort of unlock code for him almost but um, also I love Martins already so he's exactly what kind of Monaco had missed in those areas is that they have Ronnie Lopez, who's a great player at getting in behind teams and playing in terms of sort of last man runs, at least anyway, to, to score goals and, and great if in a creative sense going in front of players. And Falcao's great at running in behind. And they've got Golovin, who's sort of a deep line midfielder that can well, sort of arrive in the box, at least anyway, deep, sort of a Lampard-esque sort of player. They, they had creators like Fabregas who like playing from deep, but they had no one between those channels who wanted to carry the ball and 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 dribble and 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 use the pace and try and drive at teams and that's instantly what martins has done since he's come in in both the games against gangomp and and toulouse he picks up the ball and he drives at teams to the byline and he got two great assists i thought the fact that he sort of is the change of pace that they need and it just feels that those couple of moments of extra creativity and a little bit more solidity in midfield if they can keep finding that a little bit more if they can be a bit stronger there 
I just feel like they might be turning a corner and that that would be a, a massive thing with City Bay back as well. He, he played relatively well. I think Balatori was a great signing. They just maybe have just found a way to slowly turn a corner. I think Adrian Silva would be important as a, a sort of a, a linchpin in the midfield as a holder there if they go away from the three at the back. Kudu's a nice change of pace if they need it as well. But um, maybe just maybe, I, I just have a feeling, I, I'll come on to your prediction in a second, Jess, but I, I just think Monaco might nick this one. I, I think it might be a 2-1 Monaco win. Um, it just feels that maybe the tide is starting to turn the right way. We thought this maybe on the previous one, but it just feels like the right moment for them. I don't know what you think about this, Jess, but w- what's your prediction on this game? Um, I think everything everything you say is right. and If you can't be good, be lucky. and and um, Jardim has, has come back to a, a very, a very good, um, newly fit squad, um, and I've said it before, and I'll keep saying it, has, has been given the tools to work with that Henri never had, um, and so you know, it's, it's still these bad tastes for me, but um, I, so I, I certainly still expect them to get out of this, but I'll say just to be different, just for this match. Um, maybe it's a little bit, maybe not everything is completely galvanised and I'll say, I'll go the other way and say 2-1 Montpellier just because of home advantage. It, it's an interesting Not that that means anything much for Monaco, but <laughs> no, it doesn't, doesn't really change for them, at least, anyway. But uh, at the same time, it just feels like even a draw here kind of keeps the momentum going with how Montpellier are and how they are um, in the team. As long as they don't really lose this game and, and try and win that next home game against Nolte, then you can keep the momentum going either way. But I just have that inkling that they might nick this one. I, on to teams I, I that certainly are... don't have any worries for Monaco overall. I think yeah, I don't it... think there's any doubt they'll, they'll, get clear of the relegation zone. Yeah, I think the only worry they have left, really, is the fact that a lot of their bigger games against the the more difficult sides, I'm thinking the Lyon game, the PSG game, <coughs> Lille as well, you would add into the list now, um, they're just a little bit spread out. You know, if they were all in one big block and they got them out of the way, them done, yeah. yeah, my only worry is that they'll get a knock-in in one of those games and they'll lose a couple and then that will sort of escalate if teams around them get any results as well. So it's, it's, I think it's vitally important in these spaces before they play um, Leon in a couple of weeks' time to make sure they keep picking up points now to make sure that if they lose, say, 3-4-0 against Leon, that it doesn't completely knock them back to square square one and then they get, come up a game that they need to win and they lose that and it, it snowballs from there. They need to keep that momentum going in, in in my opinion, at least anyway. On, on to things for two teams that are looking upwards instead and sort of chasing for Europe. And there's a real glut of teams between 10th and 4th. And those are the two sides that are meeting in Rennes and Saint-Étienne. And it's been a week off for Lever, but Rennes have had a, a really busy week, to be fair. They've got the win last weekend. They got a victory in the Coupe de France as well against Lille has the caveat that Lille had a very early red card really that has obviously helped them even though they did go ahead in that one but at the same time Stefan Smen it's it's been a little bit more turgid at the sort of back in January they sort of slipped back into themselves um, in the games especially the loss to Gangomp and the, the draw to Montpellier they should have done better and um, they were thumped by pa- uh, Paris but Win against Amiens and a win against Lille, that just feels like maybe, Stefan, what we had said before December was that he needed a moment of, of 
things going against him to see how he would react. And we've probably seen the little bit of the reaction now, the fact that they've come back in a game that they were losing against a good side despite being 10 men. But we've maybe seen a little bit more from them. They just need to put things a little bit more together because especially Ben Arthur, Jesse, he's starting to find a little bit of those moments, but he's not quite clicked into gear. That just feels synonymous of how Ren are at the moment as well. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. But I don't think there's any doubt that that's, Stefan's got the, got the team playing with more character, and um, you know, certainly not. You're not seeing heads go down um, in the way that maybe that they they have done previously. Um, you know, even a game like Amia coming into the final ten minutes, possibly a, a former Ren teams may have given up and and. Set, not settled for the draw, but ended up getting a draw. And um, at least this team under Stefan is still, you know, going going for the win the whole time. But yeah, I'm still not 100% convinced about the the football they're playing. I still think they they are getting a little bit lucky at times. And as you said, even against Lille, it was, yeah, it was a strong Lille team. But you have to think that the the league isn't the pri- uh, sorry the cup isn't the priority for them right now. And playing for for a lot of the match of ten men, so. I'm, I'm, you know, not taking credit away from Ren, who, who came, did really well to come back from behind with, with um, two relatively late goals, and also, you know, the fact that they're coming from someone off the bench is good because it shows that they've got um, they've got talented players coming off the bench and a bit more strength in depth. Um, but it is still a sketchy win against Damian. It is still a sketchy cup win. I'm not yet convinced that they're they're really back on track. This match, however, I think is, is I'm quite. I think this could be the match of the weekend. Um, two potentially really good footballing teams, um, probably quite evenly matched. I think even got a feeling their last four matches or something of them within draws as well. So, um, and actually quite a lot to play for. So, and and this is the kind of match if if, if he can mastermind a win, a good win in, in this match, then. Uh, yeah, it, it, it would feel, I think, a little bit like a different kind of red to the last two, three, well, several seasons, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really good test for them. And, um, yeah, I think, I, I think it should be a cracker. Yeah, that's the interesting thing as well about that game against Amiens is they, they rode their luck a little bit. They maybe should have grabbed more, really. I think Saul will be really disappointed that he didn't grab a couple and Niang had a chance near the end as well. But the, the, even the substitutes and the players that did start, Zefan's come in from the cold. Mexe's got a start there as well. Uh, Niamsi's got a, a substitute appearance on his belt. Unu had sort of been moved out as well got onto the pitch as well. I just feel like Stefan's making sure that his entire squad is happy because he's going to need them all. You know, the Europa League is coming up against Betis as well. It's a really you know? tough... Well, next... Look at the next six matches. None of them, none of them are easy. I mean, on paper, the easiest is, I guess, Marseille at home. But with Marseille, they're such a mood team. Who knows? They could be firing by then. So, yeah, it's a tough six weeks coming up on six matches. And... That he, I think he is going to need every part of this squad. Yeah, so I think it was quite a, a shrewd move to get them on side, really, to bring on a couple of players that yeah. maybe haven't featured a little bit. Starts players like Zefan, who'd not been featured really under Lamouche as well. So I think it was quite a clever move. And even though they looked out a result, which is what they needed at least, get those players on side because these are 
this next month for Rennes is going to be massive, really, especially the Europa League games. It's been a, a long while since they've been in that kind of scenario. And they're facing a Saint-Étienne side that have had a little bit of a rest, really, more than anything, really. Um, it, obviously, because they're not in cup action, they've not played in week, and um, they've had the look of... Um, well, I wouldn't necessarily, let's say, look, but at least they had a game <laughs> off, called off at, at the weekend. It's, you'd rather be playing football in, in any regard. But it'd be interesting to see how they change because there's midfielders coming in, midfielders going out. We believe that Oli Selnesh is pretty close, as well as uh, Sheikh and Bengui, which is not really a matter for, for Santos. Yeah, I don't think they'd be too bothered to see the back of the left-back, really. But um, both of those are close to moves to China. The, that window is still open until the 24th. So um, th- whether they move immediately is another question entirely but it looks like the Norwegian's going to be out of the squad and income Varda uh, from Bordeaux on loan and they've also brought in um I'm trying to remember the other night yeah it was Hi, yes yeah of course it was. It, it was it was in my head I don't know why it skipped out but it's going to be interesting to see how they are integrated to a side because they were great in midfield when Vias had a very good season we've already discussed how how good Selness has been because he was in our um or very close to I think he just missed out on our team of the season really so it's going to be interesting to see how those two adapt in because they are two talented players, but maybe haven't had the game time they've deserved recently and a chance for them to start anew in these six months and fight for a place in Leverse's team. Yeah, there's, there's clearly a place for at least one of them in that team. And, and actually, you know, talking about needing a reaction, Saint-Etienne are coming off the back of um, well, two, two defeats and a draw, so they haven't won in, in a while either. Um, so, you know, that they need to show that their pedigree and sort of get back to the, the really good form that they, they were in sort of early, earlier in the month. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of that will be down to how, how quickly, um, those one or two new signings settle in because obviously it's, it's an important part of the pitch. It's going to be, um, kind of well, well, well fought over with, with Ren. And you know, if you assume that maybe certainly I'd have thought I'd been there could get a start. Um, if he if he can settle and fit into that team, fit in alongside Villa as quickly as possible, um, then I think that could be the key to the match. If if the, if if Saint Etienne's midfield fails to get a, a foothold and players like um, Andre get to get to control the match, then then Saint Etienne could be struggling. Yeah, and it's it's funny looking at the games proceeding well after this one as well. They've got Strasbourg in midweek. They'll have PSG in the next weekend. Uh, game away to Dijon isn't the, the most tough one, but then uh, away to Marseille, like you said, Jez, they might be different. And then Lille, it's a, it's, a, it's a real horror run for them, which if they lose this game, you know, Strasbourg is maybe a little bit more 50-50 and you'd expect them to win Dijon. But at the same time, a couple of weeks ago, when they beat Leon, when they managed that result against Marseille, especially, well, when they were beating Leon and they beat Marseille, we'd mentioned that the Leon result will disappoint them, but the the performance will please them at least, and they'll still be in the Champions League run. But at the same time, because of that glut of teams, it, we've got. You look behind them. I know they have a game in hand on some of them, but um, Montpellier on thirty six, Strasbourg on thirty five, they're on thirty seven, um, Marseille on thirty four. Ras on 34, Nice on 34, and Ren themselves on 33. You think that if they lose that game, 
and then they've got a couple of difficult games coming up. If they start dropping points, they all of a sudden go out of Champions League contention and, and out of European competition altogether if other teams start picking up results. So it's a strange, nervy point for Leifair where they really need a result in this one more than anything. They, they need to try and pick up a win and it, it feels strange going from that, from the from one extreme to the other in a, in a space of sort of three weeks, but they are, they are still a creative side now with Cabela and, uh, and uh, Kazri as well. They've been, they've been good going in those kind of areas. They were great in midfield, but added a couple, uh, but this is such a crucial game for them now, really with that running, because um, they want to try and keep on the coattails of Leon if they can, because we'll talk about Leon in a moment, but uh, they're always handy for a slip up on, on occasions and you don't want to be too far away from them if you can avoid it. But like you say, this is probably going to be the game of the weekend, Jess, but have you got a winner in this one? It's going to be, it's going to be close. Um, it is going to be close. I mean, I'm torn between a two all draw and, and Ren sneaking a two, one win. Um, I, I think Saint-Etienne will, of the two, be slightly more kind of negative just because I think I don't think a draw away to Ren is a bad result at all. Um, it, it is a tough run, but I think if, if you know, they should be thinking in terms of getting four points from the next two matches. And uh, in theory, Stat- uh, Strasbourg at home should be the, the more makeable of the two. Um, so I think, yeah, if they can get out with a draw from this one, keep Ren that little bit of distance behind them. Um, that's kind of one one of their rivals that they they need to worry about a little bit less. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'll go to 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm going exactly the same. I think it's going to be a very close game. And, and uh, Saint-Étienne um, confirmed that as well. I, I do sort of break the the conversation at the moment. I, I do apologise <laughs> for this because there is some breaking news happening at the moment. Uh, it's through the press association i've seen it but it is going through other outlets that uh, dorset police have confirmed a body recovered from the plane which crashed in the english channel has been formally identified as professional footballer emiliano sala um really upsetting news to to hear but I, i'm sure that the important thing now is our thoughts and and uh, with the family at this moment in time because that that must be horrible news to be receiving but i'm sure at the same time they'll be relieved to know exactly where it is and hopefully all this mess that's come out in the last couple of days as well which was really disappointing to see and i don't think we'll we'll sort of speak any more on it really hopefully that can be sort of behind closed doors without the knowledge and hopefully now they can um, move on in peace and uh, all the best to his family we, we are uh, thoughts are with them but let's finish off um this one tonight jez with, with a with a game that is interesting really to be fair for both sides because nice will be hosting leon and leon have had a, a pretty good week to be fair they'll be delighted to have taken on psg and won they'll be delighted to have have gotten out of what could have been a tricky tie against gangomp given that their cup pedigree and the fact that they sort of have that um nothing to lose attitude in the cup competitions at the moment and they got through that one as well then bailey started scoring goals in a more consistent format that's a real major positive and things are on the up for genesio at the moment but we know with Leon, as it has been all season, that just in those moments where it does look like everything's rosy and, and everything for Ligon, it, it sort of turns on its head. So we can't get ahead of ourselves too much, but Leon do look like they're finding a little bit of form again. Yeah, f- five wins in a row is, is, is great form by any standards. And OK, a couple of them were against um, Amiens and Gagan, but the other two were against 
um, you know, come from behind to win against Saint-Étienne and a come from behind to win against PSG. So certainly nothing to be sniffed at. Um, and as, as we all know, the frustrating thing is that they can win those kinds of matches and then and then go missing in, in what looks like much easier matches. And um, I'm sure that there are quite a few fans or football fans and, and certainly Lyon fans who are expecting them to follow up um, a win against PSG with a with a lame defeat against against Gangon tonight. Um, so, although a sort of relatively straightforward win against Gangon shouldn't um, be anything huge to write home about, it's it's for, for for Lyon as bizarre as it sounds. That's actually quite quite a decent result or uh, or something you know a positive for for fans to to take. Um, and they'll certainly be hoping that. That they carried that form on, but in in just the same way, they could they could easily lose against a team who's coming off a four 0 defeat. And earlier in the season, when when I think it was I think it was Nice's first win of the season was 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 their win at, at I was going to say at the Jardin at the uh, or whatever it's called now, mm. um, which again was sort of classic Lyon of the time, allowing a team really in the doldrums to 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 get one get one over on them and. Um, I suppose, in in a sense, the two teams are coming into this match in a relatively similar way. Leon's in better form, Nice in in more shaky form, and um, yeah, the, the Leon fans will certainly be hoping that they don't do a Leon, basically. Yeah, it's been interesting for them this season, especially looking at some of the, the stats <coughs> and like that. You would think that with the firepower they've got in Dembele now and Fakir and Awa, Traore, Depay. The top scorer's got seven this season. And, and well, some people will go, okay, Dembele's got seven, Fakir's got seven, Awa's got six, Traore's got six, and Depay's got five. That's not too shabby. Then the goals are being shared around. But when you look at the fact that, uh, I know it's a bit of a jump, but Paris Saint-Germain's strike force are all in the in several goal scorers. They've got Pepe with plenty of goals as well. Other uh, teams with it, with one solid goal score. It's strange to see that one of them hasn't sort of at least edged a little bit in front of them, and that's maybe holding them back a little bit. But I, what I have liked this season, and, and I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be highlighted at the weekend as well, is, and, and it's been highlighted a couple of times. I, I think sneakily, Jason Denai has been a really good signing for them. Um, they've really been struggling for a centre-back for a long while. I think Marcelo last season was was pretty solid, but not quite at the level that Denai has been this season. Not only has he contributed a couple of goals, but he, he had an excellent goal-line clearance at the weekend as well. Um, had some real strong performances. I, I just feel like maybe he's someone that... that, that might just be a basis if you can get another good defender in next to him. Although I know a lot of people are big fan of Marcelo, but I think he's been a bit indifferent this season. If they can get someone else next to him, they could be really solid. And it's great to see him sort of building the promise that he had when he was sort of um, at Manchester City previously and other clubs as well. But as for Nice, Jez, um, like you mentioned, they've been a bit stop-starty all season, really. And I, I, we've praised them at times for being really solid defensively, but they have their little lapses. And uh, January is pretty good for them. I mean, they beat Bordeaux, they beat Nîmes, they got draws against Monaco and Rennes away from home. But it was just a game on Friday where they absolutely thumped by Lille. I don't think they were ever really in the game. And it will 
infuriate Vieira. They've not really brought anyone in. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this one, Jess, but it just felt like one of those games that even though they had been okay in January and done okay, uh, decently, that's an alarm bell game, isn't it? To lose that heavily, even against a good side, they were just decimated. Well, I mean, maybe if they're looking for good omens, I was just checking back, that, that first win of the season at Lyon followed uh, 4-0 decimation against Dijon. Um, and it's the problem with Nice this season, I think, is clearly that, that, that they're just not scoring enough goals. Um, but defensively, for the most part, they've been solid, apart from that basically there's sort of been three outliers where, where they've, they've conceded four goals. Um, weirdly, two of them have been to, to Dijon, Toulouse, who aren't exactly the, the strongest teams around. Uh, last week was was away a to Lille, who are obviously in fantastic form. So in a way, there's there's no... Sh- I was going to say no shame in that, or certainly less shame in that than the other two. But um, you did, uh, it was the fact that it was really a capitulation. It, there was There was very little fight there. And I don't know if it's the reaction to the fact that it wasn't a, uh, I was going to say not a successful transfer window. I'm not even sure they tried to make it successful. They didn't really seem that into bringing anyone in. Um, or <laughs> it's, it's difficult to know what, what, what the problem, apart from the lack of goal scoring, it's difficult to know what the problem is because they have been in recent weeks in good form. They are they are a relatively young team, but that they are sort of gradually gelling. I think Vieira is for the most part doing a good job. Um, possibly the the stuff going on off the pitch has affected them. I, I, I find that unlikely, but it's a possibility. Um, <coughs> but you look at you look at the team. There's only Dante. That's you know of those who started against Lille. Dante is the only sort of you know really really experienced outfield player there. Um, so, and players, you know, Atal, who we've all spoken so highly of, and a couple of weeks ago had a storming match, had just one of those terrible matches to, to forget against Lille. I guess it just happens, but again, in the same ways we've spoken earlier about Monaco and even about Lyon, a lot of it is how you, how you react, react to the previous match, in Lyon's case, how you react to a win. Um, possibly in Nice's case is, is how Vieira can get his players to react after after a heavy defeat and both times, both other times this season that they've conceded for I think they've immediately responded with a win um, and possibly the fact that they're playing at home and maybe even the fact that they're playing a, a, a sort of headline team may help them um, to sort of really refocus but yeah, it's it's not ideal and it's it's difficult a little like we were saying with Bordeaux, it's it's difficult to kind of situate where where Nice are at the moment because they're doing some really good things, and because of the nature of the table and the fact that it's so concertinaed in the middle, they're they're only a, a win or so away from being right back in European contention as well. But it just feels that somehow they're kind of hanging on by their by their fingernails, whereas the other teams are, are flying a little bit more. Mm, yeah, it's been such a strange team this season, but it, I just felt like if I was Vieira in that stage, so frustrating to to go from a January where they looked solid, they they grabbed a couple of goals, but it weren't key, and they'll also be annoyed that back in November they they really did well against Lille at home. They they were strong. They they 
made sure that they couldn't counter them too too quickly and just so frustrating after some good work really to to have a result that that like on on paper it looks like a hammering but watching it back was a real uh, sort of bend over the knee moment wasn't it <laughs> it was it was really hard to watch if you were an east fan i i thought because leo were absolutely all over them it could have been five six seven on another day for other things that had gone their way really and just must really irk a player like Vieira and I'm sure that we're going to get some kind of reaction in this one in one way or the other so what do you think the score will be in this one Jez it's it's going to be I think it might be quite an interesting game but there's going to be some kind of reaction from Vieira's side surely I've got absolutely no idea what to predict for this one but I I mean I could I could see Lyon winning comfortably or I could see Nice nicking another one they win and I think I'm going to go with that one Mm, yeah, it just uh, I just feel like I would hate to get on the bad side of Vieira on the best of days, really, to be fair. <laughs> I don't think it would have been a very pleasant week for any of the Nice players. I'm sure he's, he's looked blood and thunder all week. And it, it, because of that, I think it's going to be a nil-nil draw. I, I think that the, I sort of highlighted that Leon have spread the goals around, but have to, at times really struggled to break down teams and Nice when they're on their game can be really difficult to break down. And that 4-0 last week was real misnomer. And there's absolutely no chance Vieira allows that to happen again. I can't imagine that two weeks in a row they'll get a battering. Otherwise, those players may never see the light of day again. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 still tune in on Sunday for the BT game. As best I, I, hopefully I'm wrong, but it feels like a Vieira nil-nil. Um, maybe Nice try and nick it one-nil or something like that. But a, a draw seems very on par for both teams this season that Nice will react defensively and Leon after a couple of uh, a really great performance especially in the league or sort of um dither against a team that they really look would be looking to to be uh, that's all for this week is my thanks to jess and all of you listening at home uh, do join us for the main show which will be back on monday but for now enjoy your weekend of football